What's up, y'all? You're listening to The Goat Rodeo, a podcast about how to do life, family, travel, and small business all on your own terms. Let's get to it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Goat Rodeo Podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Lear Miller. Uh, If you don't know Lear, he's an incredible wedding and commercial photographer, also an avid rock climber, mountain biker, and all-over world traveler. Um, He's using his abilities as a photographer to finance his love for exploration in general. And, you know, he's a really cool guy with an incredible story, and we're super stoked to have him here on the show. So let's, uh, let's get into it. Um, so let's jump into it. Let's get it. Let's get on it. Um, I, crazy I just stuff. dig that he's chilling out. Yeah, like, I like it so much. Chilling. Um, yeah. so, so we're starting like, off the, we're starting like, off the podcast. Yeah, put your feet up so we can see that you don't have shoes on. <laughs> uh, we're always starting off the podcast. Full hippie life, right? Check that out. No, no shoes. Heck yeah. Nice. Um, with five questions, uh, they're not. They're not in any particular order. They're not on any particular topic. Um, but we want you to just kind of answer with whatever the first things that come to your mind. Um, so I'll start off and pick one. And then, Jamie, you, you do the next one. We'll just, we just got five of them, right? Yeah, I need to open up my Evernote, though. All right. Get it open. All right. So my first one um, is, would you rather never be able to trust your best friend or never be able to trust your farts? Oh, never be able to trust my farts, for sure. Yeah. Ever, ever. <laughs> I was just like, uh, yeah, I mean, as long as I, you know, it's just like near near restrooms in a uh, Mexican food scenario, I think I could, it would work out. I just like, I'd probably just go to a lot more fish tacos than beef, you know? <laughs> Okay. Okay. Oh. There's ways around this for sure. I I would say the same or thing. Or I'd have like I, I could trust. See, my logic was I would rather not be able to trust my best friend because you know they're not trustworthy. So like you're not gonna like give them important tasks anyways. Rather than like every time being like, oh, I don't know, mm, this could be messy. But then, would you consider them to be your best friend? Well, my untrustworthy best friend. At least I could trust my best friend to not tell anyone about me shitting my pants. True story. True. That's a good point. I had not thought about that point. Very true. That makes that a winning a winning argument. <laughs> okay, well, Lear. If you were to start your own cult, what would it be about? What would it be centered around? Oh, what would it be about? I don't know what it would be about, but I know it would be incredibly lucrative. These <laughs> cults just seem to be these, like, genius, like, money pools that somehow source all this money. Um, can would you, you guys have, hear me all right? It says my internet connection is... Un- would I have uniforms? Yeah, Ooh. would you have, like, cool uniforms? Yeah, they would, like, have to be, like, full, like, Japanese. Japanese like Komodos with like some super like 
just overdone uh, stitching on them, you know, like yeah. pretty much like Karate Kid style <laughs> with like dragons on the side and flames. Oh, that yeah. would definitely that have to be included. What like, you- like red with like gold, like a gold belt. Yeah, with those little knot things as the ties. What do you think that you could... Exactly. Lear, what do you think you could convince people, make them believe that you could lead them in, right? They have to believe in something. They have to believe in you. What are you so passionate about that you think you could create followers around? Oh, is this a serious question, I guess? (laughs) No, it could be anything. I know that's uh, I I think I could definitely lead like a mountain biking cult for sure. Um, <laughs> I think uh, yeah, or anything. I mean, just really like could probably introduce, but not want to go back to regular life, which would like involve joining a cult, right? So yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think some mountain biking, even some like maybe like cliff jumping swimming hole seeking cults i think that could be a thing <laughs> i think i would join yeah i would totally join especially if we got to wear like golden red kimonos <laughs> sounds pretty good <laughs> all right yes we were just like there'd be like all these high school kids like hanging out at like a swimming hole and like all these people would show up they just roll up and kimonos like <laughs> plays we'd have to have theme music we just step like out and dan like, fog rolls and, out I see a movie. Dan Dostra would be there and he'd like open it up like a full matching thong. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So question three. Um, If you got arrested and there was no explanation why, what would your friends and family assume it was for? Oh man. Well, I've actually only been arrested once and it was for riding my bike. So, <laughs> and I was trespassing. It would probably be trespassing. Yeah. I think trespassing is probably I could see what I would get arrested for. for sure. I would assume it was. I'd like, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, whose property was he on? <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Or like was in like some another country that they didn't like me or my my good friend got arrested for climbing a cell tower in mexico and so that seems pretty up our alley yeah i think that's yeah base jumping doing something like that how did he get out of it yeah how did he 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 just like i think they they actually like ended up having to go down to the station and like they tried to like bribe their way out of it and i don't think their pockets were deep enough to bribe their way out of that so uh i think they, they got ticketed and then they were like uh, the same night but just a funny yeah. story they also like got arrested like the following year for driving their trucks on the beach like off the back i don't know they go down to this mountain bike race in mexico every year and forget there's rules <laughs> <laughs> sometimes right. we do that I've been Maybe there. What's question four? Um, yeah. Question four. Let's take it back to the Mexican food, back to the really the first question, right? About either trusting your farts or trusting your friends. <laughs> uh, if b- talking about burritos, give me your five okay. worst ingredients for a burrito. Ooh. Okay. Um, White rice, whoever puts white rice in burritos, I don't know what the hell they're doing. 
That's like probably the number one. Um, like the most common burrito <laughs> ingredient in history. So no yeah, Chipotle. It's, it's terrible. Every it should all have Spanish rice or like a brown rice of some type. And like when you come up to the Northwest and it like has like peas and carrots, like it's some kind of stir fry Asian rice. I just want to throw the burrito in someone's face. I'm still hung up on the rice so much. I can't even like, think of what ingredients. It's like, it's like uh-huh. uh, rice, 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 and rice. No, because um, I love, like, everything else in my um, – maybe, like, some burrito places that have, like, pepperoncinis that you put in a burrito. That seems super odd to me. Um, but, I mean, almost anything goes with me. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, anything I wouldn't – I don't know. I've had some weird, like, tripe burritos and things. Tripe is, like, cow's tongue. Yeah, you should not tripe. Um, like tripe is stu- I think it's the stomach lining. Stomach? Like okay, yeah. Disease you get from a dirty night in Mexico. I've, I've also had tripe, uh, Lear, and it's. I didn't think it was that bad. I've had tripe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was just a little gamey to me, but yeah, it sounds like a disease. Like, oh, what happened to Jamie? Uh, he got tripe. You got tripe. You picked up the tripe. Uh, it's chewy. It's I'm chewy. trying to think of like, yeah, it was. Still, I'm and I don't like eat a ton of like I eat meat, but I like don't eat a ton of it. Gamey cool. to me are not my favorite. That's but, right. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Like, there's probably like some kind of cheat. Like the only thing I can think of is like ingredients that are already in a burrito that are like not meant to be mexican themed you know like goat cheese and i mean that might be good i don't know here let's 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 reframe like i'm actually not a fan of what if this you you travel all over the place right so what's the most interesting or the weirdest food you've tried in all of your travels oh most interesting one of um one of i don't know i mean i've eaten some like just kind of pure things for just the novelty of it like those black scorpions in thailand that they deep fry all right um we ate those just because because we were there and we had to um was that like a road honestly yeah yeah and it's just like a scorpion on a stick you know um you know just scorpion on a stick how was it? On a stick. Uh, <laughs> I think the first time I ever had like poke, pokey is now like a thing. But like when I was super young, I remember going to Hawaii and eating pokey, and I thought it was like kind of the wildest, like weirdest thing I tried. But now, like I love it. But it's so much. It's served so much differently here than in Hawaii. Like people eat it here like over like a salad, as opposed to like just as a pokey bowl yeah what's up what is pokey um, it's just like uh sushi fish in like a like a sugary sauce kind of if that makes sense i'm googling it's like raw cut like okay you're I got googling you. a pokey. yeah yeah all right last one what's uh what's the weirdest thing that you recommend that everybody try at least once 
It can be anything you want, but it's something weird that other people would be like, oh, that's weird, but you recommend that everybody try it at least once. Oh man, that's a hard question. Um, living in your car. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. Done it. Yeah, you gotta try it. You, gotta you learn all kinds of interesting things about yourself. Uh, right. I think like you should definitely jump in some kind of a glacier body of water. Um, that's a pretty cool feeling. Like you're just like immediately paralyzed and rushed and just like all those things um you know basically taking it or maybe an ice bath too if you've never had an ice bath that's a pretty yeah hard thing to sit through but pretty awesome at the same time so yeah i want to try one of those like what's that i was gonna say that's probably like a very unique to you answer like not not everybody's gonna yeah. like oh yeah you should jump in something freezing cold and then stay there right <laughs> for a while yeah, yeah. um yeah we sat when i used to do mountain bike races in europe we'd like like sit in these like glacial river glacial rivers for like uh 30 40 minutes and it was just like crazy how when you get out like your whole lower body just gets like this crazy like rush of blood i mean it's like probably the closest thing you can get to taking drugs you know <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> All right, man. So we're going to just dig into the podcast. Um, we would, we had talked about interviewing you right off. Like when we were talking about, Hey, who's interesting people that we know that we want to talk to. Um, and partially just because of the way that you are with your life. Like you just kind of balls out hundred percent all the time. Do it. And Go. yeah, that is that. I think you may want to make a T-shirt that says that, um, just in some way. <laughs> um, so you've got your van project going on, right? And you've got Lear Miller yeah. photography going on, and then you have like just your regular personal life. Like, what what's going on with you? Like, what? <laughs> how are those three? joining in and holding hands yeah well i i would say like almost my personal life is probably like the most exciting thing or like what i just try and put the most effort into um at least at this point like i'm just really enjoying like riding my bike i love doing i'm trying to do that like three times four times a week i love rock climbing um and just being outside and like pushing myself and like maybe I don't know, like, I spent a lot of time building a business and pushing myself in that way. But like, I'm having just a ton of fun sort of almost going back to like being like 15 again. And, and like, pushing the things that like physically scare me, um, physically scare me, and things like that. So that's like, pretty exciting for me right now. Um, so I'm fo focusing a lot on that. The van project was like, the past six months of like any free time that I had at all went into working and building on this van. Um, and it's come together pretty sweet. I know I haven't really, I don't know, it's hard to see you guys, but uh, I got like a kitchen and like there's a shower and a toilet and uh, it's, oh, pretty, you guys, uh, it's you pretty comfortable. Cabinets? It's like a new apartment. In, what's that? 
I said you got wood put on your upper cabinets. What was that? Your upper cabinets, yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah, they still have like the protective coating on them. Um, but uh, yeah, just some nice, nice cabinet tree in here, and like I'm finishing up some overhead cabinets, and uh, it's been really. It's been fun, um, but it's been crazy hard because I've like done house remodels before, and like this van, like nothing is square. The whole thing is like round and tapers towards the rear, and so like everything has to be built and like fabricated, and like it's just been uh, it's been a lot of work. It's been interesting. <laughs> so, what inspires so you to do this? Yeah, so I thought about that for, a, I think it started like almost a year ago right now. Um, I had my Tacoma that had like a roof tent on it and was like all campered out and I was really enjoying camping and spending, you know, more time in these places I love. And then I had my fix, I was, I had a house in Phoenix that I had fixed up to sell and it had sold the same month my lease was up in the place I was renting. So like, and that just happened to be the end of wedding season. Um, so like all these things sort of lined up to where I had like two and a half months of kind of freedom, like ultimate freedom, whatever I wanted to do. So I packed up my truck, I put everything in storage and I like drove up to the Northwest, which I do every summer, but just spent more time like enjoying the places I was going and not necessarily um, going like straight to like my destination, you know, like right yeah. to where I'm riding my bikes or where I'm meeting someone and just made stops along the way. Um, and I loved it. It was like my, you know, the best summer ever. And then that summer ended in October when I pretty much shattered my right leg. Um, I broke my tib, fib, my talus. Um, I'd have, five and a half hour um surgery followed by like a seven hour surgery like with um which was super weird i like came to and then they put me back down again and then uh so yeah they they I, like went through that spent four months on the couch and had a lot of time to sort of i guess you know i couldn't work because i couldn't i mean i could just like edit um so i had to spend a lot of time sort of figuring out like what was important to me and uh my leg accident was like could have almost been really really bad i ended up in a creek and i did have um some spot like some open wounds basically um luckily it wasn't compound but like you know, it took me four hours to get to the hospital and they had to like cut out a little skin because like I could have been infected. And so could have like lost my leg pretty close to it. Um, not to downplay it, but like, <laughs> yeah. So it was a super, so, yeah, you have a lot of, you know, yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. It took a, like four hours to get out of there. My leg, my like foot was just facing back, like, you know, 90 degrees off to the side of like, the angle of my knee. watching it on Instagram live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, just lots of cursing and like, what are we doing here? Why is this happening? This sucks. Um, so but, but you know, yeah. So it, it made me like, I guess, you know, look back and like figure out what's really important and what I really enjoy doing. Um, and I just had like so much fun the prior summer that I was, and my dad actually, when I left with the Tacoma was like, 
why didn't you buy a sprinter van, you know? And like, he almost like planted the seed in my head. Um, and at the time I just thought like, okay, well they're like a hundred thousand dollars. And it was like, you know, I mean, that would be like, I'd have to pull out a loan to like, like go live in a car, you know, which didn't really sound like the smartest <laughs> idea. Um, and so, so yeah, so I had this like four months of sitting around and, uh, kind of figured out that I could like probably build one myself if I like just committed to it and, uh, you know, went all in and my, I grew up in a construction background. My dad's done construction his whole life. Um, I've worked on bikes, motorcycles. I'm not really scared to like dig into something. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I spent like four months just sort of re researching and shopping the van and like what, you know, what van was I going to get? How did I want to do this? I was, you know, I'm six, four, so I wanted something I could stand in and Sprinter was kind of one of the top choices for something like that. And then you uh, like, a, like a 1980s GMC. Yeah, and then I decided that like, if I was going to go, yeah, right. Like just all tucked in now. Um, uh, and, and for me, right, I mean, like you, you said 100%, right? Like, I wasn't going to build out a half-ass van and then, like, not, and then take it out on the weekends. Like, that didn't make sense to me. Like, if I was going to do it, I was going to live in it, and it was going to be a house and a home, and, like, I was going to kind of go all in on it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I, like, drove up. I sold my Tacoma to um, some friends of ours, Julia and um, Cosmo, if you, you oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so they came and got it and they, they took it to Mexico. Um, and that, so I was like, okay, I did it. I had this money saved up. I drove up to, uh, or I, as my leg was like healing at this point, I'm still like on a crutch. Um, I flew up to Spokane, um, and picked up this brand new van from a guy and it had no windows in it. And it was a steel box and I went to Walmart and I bought a sleeping pad and a sleeping bag and I drove it back down to Arizona and I just like spent the night in these like negative 10 degree <laughs> nights in this like steel ice box <laughs> on the way back oh, so you, were, you were staying in it while you were building it out? Well, no, I was like, a, I mean, from Spokane to Arizona is like a 22 hour drive. Oh, okay. um, and it, you know, and I, um, I decided, I think I went through Yellowstone and like a couple scenic spots on the way down. Um, I so I like made it even longer. Um, um, yeah, I wouldn't even, if I was doing the road trip, I might as well enjoy it. I figured, uh, um, and what's the, what's the point of buying a van if you're not going to use it right off the bat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so in, in yeah, so basically I just anyway. decided that like, if I didn't, right. <laughs> um but yeah i basically decided that i was just gonna like go all in and i like just started ordering stuff right away and like spent just basically sunk myself with so much money into this thing that if i didn't finish it out i'd like you know force yeah. myself just to fully commit to it and uh yeah and it's been almost six months and we like pretty much just finished the aesthetic stuff um it needs a couple things for wiring and it'll all boot up with power. It just doesn't run right now because I'm scared. Uh, I did all the wiring myself and it all looks great. Um, but I want someone to set up my, I'm running a fancy lithium battery. And so they need to set up like the charging parameters. So I don't like overcharge it or undercharge or 
overdraw it. Um, and then my plumbing's hooked up. I just like can't run water because my water pumps, you know, electric. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much like 95% there. And, uh, I left two days ago from Arizona to come up here for Crankworks, the big mountain bike event. Um, and was just like busting ass the last three or four days to just even get it to this point to leave. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's just been like going nonstop to get it built. And then here we are. So I was to kind of backstep. I was living in Flagstaff, renting a room with some roommates that were with me when I broke my leg. So I just was commuting between my house there, my brother who has a small shop and my dad who has a hangar at the airport with like, two toolboxes in it and some power tools and we did like the whole conversion just sort of working out of the van wherever i was going which is kind of cool that's cool so now that the van is almost complete what what's next yeah so i'm my plan is to be up here for the next month um and then i have a few weddings down in arizona so i'll be going back down to arizona probably leaving the van at families and then flying out to these, uh, shoots that I have. Um, but yeah, my plan is like when I'm not flying away to work that I'll be in the van traveling, going, trying to chase the good weather. I don't want to be in Arizona, um, until too much later this year because it's pretty toasty, but, um, yeah, just, just chasing the weather. And like the thing with the van is when we can work anywhere as photographers, um, like yesterday, I spent five hours, I edited it, I called a wedding, and then I edited like 75% of the same wedding in the trailhead parking lot. I went for a ride before I started editing, and I went for one at sunset after I left and like uh, GoPro'd it, and uh, just to have it for fun, uh, yeah, went up and met with my buddies and got beers and burgers, and so like, I actually had like a super productive day, but like, saw people in like the mountain like all day just mountain bikers coming by the van people saying hi people commenting like i'm in the most like uh traded areas of like the things that i love all the time which is pretty cool so it's definitely that was kind of i guess you know when you say what what inspired the move into the van like i would say the lifestyle of like I wanting me wanting to like chase certain dreams, um, being like those in the mountain bike industry, in the climbing world, you know, and just be the best, best rider. I can be the best climber. I can be the best photographer I can be. And to be those things like immersing yourself in those areas, like just creates that environment, you know? Um, and so rather, rather than like being at your house, like thinking you have to be working but like really wanting to be out, like perfecting your craft, I can kind of, you know, eliminate the travel time between those things. Yeah. Things and just sort of, uh, immerse myself in the environment for, for what I want to do. That's great. Well, hey, I got a question that's like my immediate thoughts whenever I hear people talking about this kind of stuff is like, so that sounds awesome. How the hell do you pay yeah. for it? <laughs> Cause you're like, how old are you? Okay. How old are you? I'm 26. Okay. So you're a 26 year 26. old business owner um, that's had and sold a house. That's done some reno work. That's built his own van. Um, if, if you were 18 or 19 year old, you, 
or 17 year old you, what are like, what are, what are a couple things that you would say, look, if at some point in your young twenties, you want to build a semi expensive van to live in, here's a couple of things that you should do. What would you say to fund the fun life? Um, well, I would say that honestly, like the sooner you can, the sooner you can be in that place that, you know, that environment, like I'm saying, like immersing myself in the environment of climbers, mountain bikers, you know, photographers, pretty places, whatever that is. Um, the faster, like once you get into those areas, like into that place, your career or those things just blossom so fast. Like it's so 10 X. So even if you have to like, go work at in and out you know, I mean, how I got into photography was I worked at In-N-Out Burger, you know, for two and a half years to save up enough to go buy, you know, a Canon Mark II DSLR with some lenses and things like that. And by like, by like committing to that and putting the money in that expensive camera, like it, it forced me to like, okay, I'm committed to this. Like I better learn it. I better learn how to be good. Cause I put a bunch of money, a bunch of work into this, you know? Um, and so I think it's, it doesn't, Right. Like you said, how do you pay for this? Well, it's pretty, you have to be in pretty unique situations to be able to make a living on the road. Like, but the internet is amazing for that. And the sooner I think you find out what you're really good at, what you love doing, the easier it is to make that happen. Um, and so I think what my dad always called it growing up um, as like an entrepreneur is he called it golden handcuffs, which is like when you buy nice things, you buy a house, you buy cars, you get a car payment and you lock yourself into a work to live situation where you are forced to work because you have to pay to live. Um, and you're kind of constantly like treading water. Um, and so that's something my whole life I've really tried to avoid. So this van is actually all paid off. Um, and it very much when I originally thought about it did not seem like a good use of a lot of money um, because cars just depreciate in value. But believe it or not, building it yourself, um, the resale value on this van, I probably could make about 20000 in labor, which is pretty crazy. Um, these vans like built out like this are going for about 100000 110000 And I probably have I, ba I bought the base van for 53 and then I probably have about 22 into it. Hmm. Um, so well, I'm at like 75, you know, um, comparatively like a house, like a $110,000 house is not really that expensive. And like you have, most people have 150 or 250 or $300,000 house. And then they also have like two cars. So like you have a car and a house right. for 110 grand is not even like that's right. And I don't have, Go ahead. No, no, it, it, you're right. And it, it's, it's really not that expensive and you're eliminating so many other, you know, payments, but here's, I think how, like, you know, housing is a great investment, but the problem is, is usually most people, you know, my, my age, maybe they can save up 20, 30, 40,000, whatever, even if it's 110,000, a house is still going to cost you, at least here on the West Coast, 300000 So you're immediately putting yourself into more debt than you've ever had in your life, you know? And while that is, while that is usually really manageable with low interest rates and long-term payments and, and, and it makes sense, it locks you into a path, like, right away. You know, the moment you commit to that, you're, like, on that path. 
Right. Um, I mean, the same thing with just buying a new car at, at an age, you know, I would say the worst thing you can do is to go, you know, put, you know, if you save up 15,000, go buy a $15,000 car. Don't go buy a brand new Kia that in two years you don't want anyways. And now you're upside down, you know? Um, so not to get like too much into the financial thing behind it, but, um, you know, just being smart about that, like trying to stay because like, I have no debt on this my expenses are super low. And so for me, like money, like not worrying about, like, I don't have to worry about how to make enough to eat or anything because I have that constant work that I've had before I started the van life. And if anything, I can scale that down to like 20% of what I was making and still get by, you know, no problem. So you don't have the stress there. Um, and that I think is going to allow me to put more time into my sort of art and creating you know, funneling like the most energy I can into what I want to make and create um, as a creative, whether that being bike riding, filmmaking, you know, ex adventuring, exploring stuff. Um, so I'm just trying to like, you know, funnel that energy more. We only have a, so much energy in our bodies and our lives to, to work towards something every day. And the more of that that I can put towards what I want, you know, the farther I think that'll take me. So I guess that's my mindset behind it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Lear, I think it's kind of interesting how you were wrapping that up because for years, like I've known you three or four years now and you've always had like this incredible appetite for adventure and exploring and just seeing what is out there, what this world has to offer. And as I watch you taking on this van yacht project, um, I feel like you're beginning to infuse all of these things that you've been passionate about forever since I've known you, um, where before you were stuck, you know, in an apartment or in a house or whatever, but now you've finally gotten to this point where you've built a life that allows you to, to live those adventures full time. Um, and yeah, they really seem much more symbiotic. Like, they used to be like, I do this so that I can go do this other stuff sometimes. And now it all seems like it's much more like all just part of the the flow. Yeah. Um, so is that something? Yeah, absolutely. Like um, the sort of live work. Balance. Go ahead. Well, no, you go ahead. Go. Yeah, no, I was going to say like you have that sort of live work balance and it's really hard to sort of teeter it when you think of it like that. Whereas if you kind of are trying to like mesh them more together, I guess that's the idea behind it. Like trying to, the more the, the live work balance meshes, then the more enjoyable it can be and like the more you can sort of push that. Um, and it has like more long-term um, like endurance, if you want to call it right. Like you're not as likely to get burnt out. Um, because you're like working for a means to an end, you know, I think it, it can be a lot more long-term sustainable, I guess is the, the word I'm looking for um, to, to try and mix those. Do you think that all of this sort of just fell into place for you this way, or did you make a conscious effort to move towards this lifestyle? So this lifestyle being like the van lifestyle, no. Like if you would have asked like five years ago, if you would have been like told me I'd be like living in a van, I would have been like, hell no, no way. Like I'm not, I need a shower. Granted, my van has a shower in case anyone's wondering. Um, 
but I would have never thought that by any means. And it's kind of more, if anything, it's almost more of like a sacrifice to move into a van just because it puts me closer to the things that are like truly important to me, if that makes sense. Um, So it's putting me, you know, it's putting me in locations where I love taking pictures. Um, It can put me there at sunrise as opposed to driving in the night before and having to like sleep in your car to try and catch a sunrise somewhere, you know, to beat the crowds or to, to get a Alpine start on a climb or um, whatever that means, you know, or even going to, a, I can go to more mountain bike events cause I can, you know, go there and be in the parking lot and just live in that parking lot and I'm not paying for hotels. And um, so the expenses are much lower. So yeah, I think it's just like, it kind of fell into, the place um by just like sort of chasing the things that were important to me and then like having the accident made me really sift through the bs in life you know that maybe is culturally driven or socially driven by other people that oh you should be living your life this way or this way and like what it kind of sifted that bs this is what's really important to me this is what i love to do and so like i need to if, if I want to make this a part of my work or like try and figure out to make a living doing this, then I need to commit to it fully, you know? So I, I just so wanted to like touch on that. Just sort of spawn like desire to, yeah. I was just going to yeah. touch on that. I know there's a slight bit of lag, but like, I just wanted, you said that earlier and I like it prick. I was just like, Oh, that's, that's phenomenal right there. Is you said, um, once you bought the equipment, it's like, now that I've done this thing, it's like, it's for real. Like I'm doing it. Like I'm pushing into it, which is like, you know, I think so many times in our business or just in my life in general, I've had people that kind of approach it with this. Oh, it must be nice kind of lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, it, it must be nice to just kind of do what you want for a living. Or it must be nice to just like be able to be paid to take pictures. And I'm like, yeah, it is nice but it's not easy, right? It's not like somebody just went to in and out and you were working there and they're like, Hey, here's, here's a check later. Go buy some cameras. It's like, but what has made what you right. do now possible was that you committed to doing it, you know? And that's whether that's like working out or whether that's being a dad or whether that's living in a van or, or living a lifestyle that like is more acclimated to the, what you love is like the big differentiator for that is not like people who are super lucky or who their dads gave them, you know, multiple thousands of dollars to start off. Like it's just it, the, the, the differentiator is they just do it. It's not, it's not like, I mean, some people have some advantages, but for the most part, it's just like you just choose to do it and you put your heart into it and you commit to it and you work at it and you grind at it and you like, you screw up and you do stupid stuff. And then you're like, well, you don't do that anymore, you know, but you just like, you just keep doing it because you have made the decision in your brain to do it. Right. Hmm. Right. Well, and I love that, like, sort of uh, a phrase that, like, uh, ideas are shit and it's all about action, you know, because, um, you know, because it's the same thing. You have the idea to do something. Oh, that'd be nice, you know, but it's really just taking the action and moving towards it. And it's it's baby steps. You know, the van thing very much was something I knew nothing about. Like I knew, you know, I knew nothing about electrical I knew nothing you know I had done like sort of a house remodel but it was so simple and so easy in comparison and you know I never I got this van and 
put this window in it. You know, we cut yeah. the hole and put this window in it. And uh, so it was just like baby steps and it seemed super overwhelming at first. And it was just like, okay, well, if I buy the van and buy the windows, that's something I'll do. And then I'll figure out insulation. And then, you know, I'll start the wood panels. And then, yeah. you know, and it, that's why it took six and a half months to build. Um, and it's like that with, with whatever your venture is, you know, it's just um, making, and sometimes, by going a little bigger and making a little maybe larger financial commitment than maybe is someone would call safe or a good idea. If you know, you'll follow through with it because of that reason, maybe that's not the worst thing, you know, um, yeah. because it'll, it, because you put so much already into it, you got to finish it. Otherwise it's like a total failure, you know, and it'll set you back. <laughs> you know, so, I guess that was sort of my, my mindset with it. Um, and yeah. it's it's almost you know similar to like uh like rock climbing in a sense it's much harder to go back down than it is to go up you know and so mm -hmm. once you start committing to a certain climb you're you're committed to it you know no matter how long it sort of takes you to to get to the top so yeah. it's cool that's awesome cool, uh, okay, that re that reminds me of something i've heard a lot um from just entrepreneurs in general and I feel like there's this common theme of once you're in, you're all in and you've taken this huge risk. And now the only thing that's left is for you to push and succeed at that. Right. There's no real option to fail. Um, because most right. people, it, a lot of people won't allow themselves to fail when they're, when they put themselves in that situation, when you've made that mental choice, to jump over the edge, to take that next step forward and to trust in yourself and what you want to do with this life. So like I've heard from so many different entrepreneurs about, oh, well, I started my own business and then I found out my wife was pregnant and all of a sudden this business can't fail. It has to work. And right. what you're saying right. is like, if you're committed, if you set your mind to it, you can achieve really anything you want, right? A little bit, a little bit of, of it is luck. A lot of it is hard work yeah. and putting in the hours to get shit done. Yeah. But even that, even that, the hard work, and that's kind of what I wanted to, I think that's unique to the, to what you, your testimony of life is, is that, is that, that committing to it, it mentally ex and, and, and emotionally and physically committing to it. It's like you've learned that lesson in so many different areas of your life, whether it be rock climbing or whether it be like getting a commercial job or booking, you know, buying the van and doing it, buying your first house and renovating it. Like there's so many areas of your life where you have practiced that habit of like, this is going to suck, but I'm going to put my heart into it and I'm going to push forward because it's easier to go up than it is to go back. Um, is you practicing that over and over again is what has given you at 26, the ability to be like, yeah, man, screw it. Let's do it. Um, and that's, I think that's what I wanted to, to really glean from no, that. Absolutely. This is not like Lear Miller is such an incredibly unique human being. It's that you have practiced unique talents and unique traits that are, are what make your life possible. Mm -hmm. And, and really that can be transferable. Oh, absolutely. I would say like probably the biggest blessing sort of gift I could have ever had was being raised by entrepreneur parents because 
and being homeschooled until high school because, you know, while my schooling was probably even less than other homeschoolers, you know, if even non-existent at certain points, um, what I did learn was like that there are so many different ways to sort of live this life and to, um, and to like, but like you have to do it. Like no one's going to do it. Right. And, um, you know, I never, it's, it's only till now that I'm older that I've realized that like, I meet all these other people that have this like living that that comes from someone else that like that comes from a job that comes from an employer. And it is never in my mind, like you ever looked like that to me. Like when it comes to making a living to me, it was like, okay, I got to create something that I can sell or, or a service or a product or something like that's just always how my mindset has been. Um, so I'd say like that was probably the biggest blessing I could have to like getting started early. So when you talk about like raising your kids, you know, in Florida around environments and people that are entrepreneurial and doing different things, that's amazing because I would say that that was, you know, just that like shift in perspective and mindset to know that like, it comes from you. It doesn't come from other people. Um, it's probably the best thing that you yeah. can still in those little guys. Well, that, I would say if we had something that we could tie this up in a pretty bow and say like, this is the thing, man, is I, I feel like this is resounding in the things that you talk about is like, is how you think about things is really what will be. And like you said, um, you, you only have a certain amount of energy, like a certain amount of actual physical effort, but just like energy in the world that you can give to something or that you get to experience every day. And that, and is, you know, in the grand scheme of life is you just have a little blip on the radar. Right. So like, what are you going to do with it? That's going to make you excited about doing it. And that's with our clients, even that's something that's just like, it's been so cool to realize that everybody has things that they feel that way about. Um, if you can just help give them permission to really dig into them and enjoy them, like I guarantee you, they want that. People want that. Hmm. So it's, I love that, man. I love it. Absolutely. And when you talk to Jamie, when you brought up, um, you know, sort of the, or just the committing to success, you know, and a lot of times, like you said, when someone has a kid, you know, they're forced, they have to make it, they have to make it. I think they're really only like sort of two ways to be like, to be great at something and it's either being focusing all your energy into what you truly love and what you're hundred percent passionate about, or you're, or you're forced to, right. Um, and otherwise it just gets too hard to a certain point where you either burn out or you quit or you move on to something else because yeah. it's not enjoyable and it's not sustainable. And so like, if you can really dive into like what really makes you happy I think you can take that the furthest because you're willing to suffer with it the longest, if that makes sense. No, that totally makes sense. So can we talk a minute about your photos, um, about, you know, part of what allows you to live this life is your profession as a photographer, right? Uh, You're talking about how much time and everything you've committed to that craft because you invested in it early on and you made that conscious decision to push forward here. So like right now I'm looking at your Instagram and it's almost impossible to pull up like a single photo and be like, Hey, tell me about this one because every freaking photo is pretty damn unique. Like every single time you go out and take photographs you're obviously photographing your clients but you're doing it in a very Lear Miller way so 
I would love to hear. I'm actually gonna, dude, you got some gnarly clients. I want to share this with you and just hear from you about it real quick. Can you, um, okay. Can you see my screen? Yeah. Like this, yep. is, this is wild. <laughs> Talk to us about doing stuff like this. Yeah, so this was um, this was just like a really cool couple. Um, he's actually, I actually just did another shoot with this groom because he's the uh, sports like marketing director for NAU, uh, Northern Arizona University. So I just did their football team actually a couple weeks ago. But um, yeah, they had just reached out to me about their wedding, um, moved to Flagstaff and uh, they just wanted to do something outdoorsy and adventure. They were high, big hikers and things like that. And so um, I just was on a mountain bike ride and had sort of scouted a new location that I hadn't shot in before and kind of presented them with the idea. And uh, it's not actually like as insane, like to get up there as it looks, it was a pretty easy sort of scramble up there. And, uh, but just having, having a bride who's willing to uh, put a, you know, climb up there and change into a dress on a rock um it's pretty cool i'm very uh, lucky to have have wedding clients who are willing to uh to try crazy stuff like that do you have to talk them into this stuff or do they just want to do it they kind of want to do it so you know but me being like the artist in me like i can't just like go and recreate like the same thing that i've done for someone else so um usually i'll just like kind of brainstorm um through the process and yeah this just happened to be a couple of days before um and so we ran off like during their portrait session for 45 minutes and uh we made that happen in 45 minutes and just like ran up the hill and shot some photos on that lookout point and mixed it up with a bunch of different sort of tight stuff wide stuff and then uh made it back for the reception which was pretty cool That's what i was gonna say like probably not him making them do it so much as like they already wanted to, but they may not have been like, Hey Lear, let's go up on the mountain. Um, but him being him and saying, you know, like encouraging that kind of behavior is <laughs> like, people are a little bit more likely to do it. Well, I, I imagine yeah. people who hire Lear Miller expect this type of <laughs> activity will happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh... I'm usually known to like make somebody climb on something that they're slightly uh, maybe, maybe pushes their boundaries a little bit, but I would never do anything like unsafe. Um, and the stuff that I have done, that's like a little more extreme. We've used ropes and safety climbing gear and all kinds of, you know, redundancies with that. Um, but the uh, yeah, just the adventure of it. <laughs> and like taking them out there to something, you know, it's a little bit of an experience for them as well. So yeah, this one. Yeah. So they were on ropes for this, this photo got a lot of hate. It's kind of funny. Um, well, it got six. A lot of people were like, too, so. yeah, I, I posted it in like some group and everyone like brought up all this like weird suicide. Stuff everyone like meaning totally other photographers, right? Unnecessary. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, they were climbers and like that couple was super experienced with ropes. Uh, and I would not have even proposed something like that to anyone that wasn't uh, 
you know, I don't want to put anyone out of their comfort level for a photo by any means that, you know, as photographers, that's the opposite of what we try and do. Um, so if anything, it was, it was more like, Hey, you guys are climbers. Like I know this area, like it'd be cool to do some like weird sort of like anti-gravity stuff with ropes that just kind of makes your perspective, you know, switch or just kind of, uh, tricks the brain a little bit. And, uh, so yeah, like have to, uh, this place in Sedona that has some beautiful views and scrambled up there at sun. Actually, this was at sunrise the Monday after. And, and uh, I kind of had proposed it um, on their wedding day about doing something fun. Um, and they were all about it. So, yeah, we went out and uh, got up at sunrise and climbed to the top of that mountain. I think that one common theme when looking through your feeds is that you are constantly pushing yourself creatively. Um, there's just so much in here. I'm trying to find like something like this. You, you said before that you don't want to do the same thing twice. And it's very apparent when you start looking through your feed because there's just so much creativity there. And you can see that you're constantly pushing yourself to be better, to try new things. And I think what's beautiful about it is you're not afraid to fail at this stuff. You're willing to push yourself beyond what you think may be your limits because you know what? If it doesn't work out, that's okay. But then sometimes you get just stuff like this that blows my mind, you know? (laughs) Thanks, man. Um, Yeah, no, for sure. I think that like goes way back to like, even maybe like skateboarding and riding BMX as a kid and like, you know, crashing and falling and like coming, you know, trying tricks and like, you know, you just try over and over again and eventually you learn it. And that's the only way to learn it. Like you're not going to learn a trick by like just, you know, going home and like crossing your fingers and, you know, dreaming about it. And then the next morning you land it, like it doesn't work that way. So, you know, you're not going to make better photos unless you're out there pushing and trying different things and like, you know, and yeah, a lot of it does flop and I try not to post that stuff, you know, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I still like go out there and like almost with every shoot, like maybe for like some top athletes where I have like very strict timelines. Um, but I try and like go out there and experiment and try something I haven't tried before or try something that like they haven't seen before um and just yeah do whatever i'm kind of feeling at the time but um i think i feed a lot too off their energy and like the types of people they are and kind of trying to make something that that fits that as well but Mm. it's fun it's the only way to to keep yourself uh you know trying new stuff i think too awesome man hey jamie um i don't know what else you wanted to talk but i know it's getting kind of past our time line and I know Lear's got stuff to do, but one of the things I want to do is kind of like, is just kind of a, a little outro segment of like, Hey, where can people find you online? What's, you know, what's the best way to check out the van life, all that stuff. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Hey Lear, we super appreciate you taking out some time. I know you're, you got, uh, what's it called? Gearworks? Crankworks. Crankworks. Yeah. Yeah. Check check it out. Check out some videos of that, man. It's man's like watching crazy mountain bike stuff on the side of like a ski hill. It's pretty, uh, pretty awesome seeing to see. 
Cool. I know, I know you're heading up to uh, Canada later, so we want to say thanks for coming on to the Goat Rodeo and hanging out with us. Um, tell us just real quick where people can check you out online, see some of your work, and kind of follow along with the, the van life. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so probably like the most active I'm on Instagram, Lear Miller, uh, at Lear Miller. And then uh, I have a van Instagram as well, because what is a van without its own Instagram? So that's, uh, that's at van yacht, um, just van underscore yacht. And then, uh, yeah, you can check out you can check out some of my commercial work over at learmillerphoto.com or my wedding stuff at learmillerweddings.com. And uh, yeah, that's usually where I'm kind of posting stuff up at. I've the last six months, I've been kind of dormant on all that stuff just because I've been working so hard on the van. But the goal was to get this done so that I can be more active on that stuff. So hopefully uh, we'll have a lot more kind of info coming your way. I'm probably going to post that mountain bike video uh, that I shot last night tomorrow or to tonight. So you'll be able to check it out. So where, what can people expect to see from you next? Where you, we know you're headed to Canada today, but what's beyond that? Gosh, man. Um, I don't know. I've got some, uh, some kind of bigger trips in the works that I probably don't want to talk about too much yet. Cause they're kind of big, crazy ideas that, uh, things change. Um, but I just want to do like more multi-day adventure photo essay stuff. That's kind of combining the things that I love, um, maybe a little more video. So that's kind of in the works. Um, I got some sports shoots in the fall and some more weddings. Um, so yeah, I'll be busy working and traveling but probably be staying up in uh here in the northwest through the rest of the summer and then headed down to the southwest um for the winter and then i'll kind of plan my next move from there but uh should be fun cool man well thanks again for joining us today it's been awesome to see you again um we'll put all your yeah, links and everything in our description so people can follow you perfect and everybody out, out there the west Coast again. yeah yeah definitely what was that? He said we need to uh, join him on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. So you're 6'4 in a van. I'm 260 in a van. Jamie would just be standing the whole time. <laughs> be a whole lot of man meat in a van. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm already right. reaching my gross weight max. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we would definitely help out with the gross part of that, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, to everybody listening, make sure you check out Lear, Lear Miller, uh, weddings.com, at Lear Miller, at Lear Miller Weddings. Photos. At Van underscore Yacht. And all over the internet, he's so always many. doing cool shit. Uh, he's he's living life to the fullest. He may have like four or five more Instagrams by the time we release these. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, well, we'll let you go. Safe travels up to Canada, brother. Sounds good. It was good chatting, man. We'll talk to you later. All right, take it easy, buddy. Thanks for checking out the Goat Rodeo Podcast. Please be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Goat Rodeo Podcast. 
or on Instagram at the Goat Rodeo Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to be notified as soon as new episodes become available. As always, we thank you for your support, and we'll see you soon.